this episode of the Critical Condition Sports Podcast is brought to you by El Garza Law, servicing the San Antonio and South Texas regions. Lorena specializes in criminal defense and is available 24-7 to help you with any charges that you are currently facing. Call today for your free consultation at 956-299-0090, or you can also call 210-847-2548. Once again, those numbers are 956-299-0090, or you can also call 210-847-2548 for your free consultation today. I'm going to have that all linked in the description in today's video. All righty, welcome to the Critical Condition Sports Podcast. Wherever you may be and however you're listening, I want to thank you for joining me on this beautiful Friday. You had a great weekend coming up. We got fights, we got the NFL playoffs, we got some NBA games. It's a great time to be a sports fan. I can't wait, it's very exciting. And this is episode two for the week of this back-to-back jam-packed shows that we've had. I have Carolina T joining me on today's show in about 10 minutes from the Sports Dime. 9.30 a.m. San Antonio radio. So she's joining me and, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal person, uh, you know, phenomenal mind when it comes to sports and the game of football. So it's very awesome to have her. You know, she, she's a real busy person and it was awesome of her to be able to make some time to come on the show today. So we'll be breaking down uh, the divisional round of the playoffs real quick before we get into today's episode, though. I want to give you all my daily plug-in. Please follow Critical Condition Sports on Instagram at Critical Condition Sports and on Twitter at Condition Talk. If you're looking for that extra sports content, you can go on our YouTube page and look up Critical Condition Sports, where I give you weekly takes, breakdowns, hot takes on the current world of the NFL. Also, sprinkle in some NBA and UFC talk. You can currently go on there and check out all of yesterday's interview with senior reporter at MMA Junkie Mike Bond, which is up on YouTube and wherever else you get your podcast from. And you can get a full, legit breakdown when it comes to the NFC and AFC side of the playoffs. You can also go and check out the Instagram page on Critical Condition Sports, where I actually have a giveaway going on. I have some UFC Fight Island merch that I'm giving away. And that is, you know, in honor of the fights coming up within the next seven days. So I'm going to be doing that. So go on the Critical Condition Instagram page for details on how you can win some free merch. Obviously, all that stuff is going to be linked in the description below. So let's get started. So a couple of big uh, coaching news coming out in the NFL. So uh, the New York Jets announced that they are hiring Robert Sala former 49ers uh, defensive coordinator and the Jacksonville Jaguars are actually hiring Urban Meyer, who is a former Ohio State and University of Florida head coach. So very interesting hires. I liked one of them and I really didn't like the other. Let's talk about the one that I did like for obvious reasons. Urban Meyer, you know, he's been, uh, he's won national championships in multiple programs or different programs, which is, you know, when you look back at Florida and Ohio State, he's really changed the culture there. I really like that move. Now, for me, the Jacksonville Jaguars was one of those jobs that, to me, was number one on the list. It's the most desirable job for obvious reasons. They have a ton of money. They have some good pieces in place, both on defense and offense. They have Josh Allen on defense. And then they have James Robinson, an undrafted free agent, on a cheap uh, contract there. Plus, they have the number one pick. They have multiple first-round picks, but more importantly, they have the number one pick. They have good draft capital, and they're going to get their quarterback of the future in Trevor Lawrence, who is possibly the best prospect since Peyton Manning. 
So when you look at that, obviously this job is the most desirable one. Obviously the biggest thing for me was going to be who they picked for this job. I really liked Urban Meyer for this job. I thought I was on this about a month ago saying that I felt like that was the perfect fit if they were going to move off Marone, especially when you're, you know, trying to reinvent and re-energize a fan base. And, you know, when you locked up the number one pick for the Jags, you pretty much felt like they needed to go in a different direction, start from scratch, you know, get a new face of the franchise and a new coach of the franchise, which is pretty much what the Jaguars have done well now. Watch out for the Jaguars, everybody. Uh, you know, this, this team's going to be up and coming. Uh, Trevor's phenomenal. I don't care if he lost uh, the two playoff games the last two years. Uh, he's he's phenomenal, and he's more talent. He's more talented than any quarterback that's come out. If you're questioning that, then just look out because the Jaguars are going to be put on the map. And I don't think I'm going on limb by saying that. But let's talk about like that's the obvious. Let's talk about the New York Jets. The New York Jets hired Robert Sala, who's a defensive guy. They seem to go the exact opposite of what Adam Gase was. No personality, not a very likable guy, as said by many in the locker room. Didn't have control of the locker room and didn't have bring any energy or confidence when you look at what he was doing. Obviously, when you look at Gase, you could tell right away that he wasn't, you know, the right guy for this job. And you know what? Quite frankly, I don't think Salah's the right guy for this job. I didn't really understand the hype that was given with this guy. Yeah, I understand. You know, the 49ers defense was playing good, but they also had generational talent there in Nick Bosa. And they had multiple first rounders on that defensive line and some all pro players in the linebacking core and a, a good couple players in the secondary. So, I mean, if your defense can't, if you can't produce when it comes, when getting all that personnel on the defense side of the ball, when then there's a real problem. Uh, so good for Saul. I mean, he did his job. He did his job. That's all I have to say about that. I just don't think that he was the right guy for New York. I feel like New York should have gone after a guy like Doug Peterson who had some head coaching experience, especially in a rough market that New York is. If you don't win there fast, they they come for your head pretty much. So, you know, and I heard a lot of people are supporting this, but I'm not exactly sure. I don't think this is the right hire. You know, uh, that Niners defense, even though it was ranked fifth, um, failed to, they were, they were great at beating on, you know, the Giants in the world of the Broncos of the world and the Jets of the world. But when it came down to playing, you know, elite competition, uh, elite offenses to get matched, I mean, whether it was, you know, Seattle or Green Bay or New Orleans, they were showed up. Sure, I understand that the quarterback and, you know, the 49ers offense was missing key players, but the defense got to do something. The Dallas Cowboys dropped 41 points on this defense with Andy Dalton. So, I mean, there it is right there. I just, I don't see what the hype is around the guy as a Patriots fan. And I'm, you know, I definitely do my best to not talk to you as a fan here, but as a Patriots fan, that's awesome. You know, coaching done after coaching done, in my opinion, when it comes to that, um, you know, wishing Salah the best, uh, not trying to be a hater, but you know, I'm just, I'm just speaking the facts here. Um, we'll see how they go. I definitely do think, though, now that Darnold is going to stay around and stick around with the Jets. I feel like um, either the Jets are going to draft someone like a Panay Sewell to help fortify that line even as, as much as they can or get another big-time receiver like, a, you know, Devontae uh, Smith or a Jamar Chase to help 
overpower them, obviously the right move would be to trade away the pick if you're going to stick with Darnold. That way you can build uh, some draft capital and, you know, get about seven or eight quality starters with all the picks that they've accumulated. Um, but without a doubt, in my opinion, I definitely see Darnold uh, sticking around to be a New York Jet on the long term. And, you know, Darnold, at least as much flack as I've given the guy, he's a very mature leader. So he's quiet. He doesn't bring any noise. He doesn't confuse a ruckus. You don't really see him, you know, on the headlines for, you know, any negative things. So there's that. And so, I mean, I'm not going to really mock the Jets for wanting to give Darnold an opportunity, especially when you look at how Ryan Tannehill got better once uh, Adam Gase left him. So I think Darnold still deserves a shot for as much criticism as he likes to, as he gets. I, I do think that he still deserves a shot. But now, you know, as we're going to shift to this, though, I have Carolina Teague on the show. Again, I can't say enough great things about her. It was very surreal to be able to talk to her. You know, I know she's a very busy person. Uh, She's got multiple projects going on herself. And, you know, she'll be able to talk about that right now when she comes on the show. It was a very fun conversation. Um, You know, we're going to be talking about the the NFC and AFC side of the playoff uh, picture, and she'll give you her in-depth look at that kind of stuff. So without further ado, let's get on to the next part of this show. My next guest, she is a sports personality. She is actually the host of the Sports Time, which you can catch Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on 9.30 a.m. San Antonio. Please welcome Miss Carolina Teague. How are you doing, Carolina? Hello, I'm doing good. Thank you for inviting me. Awesome. We're very excited to have you. How have you been? I've been doing good. Uh, you know, like we both were just saying earlier, I've been up since five, just up <laughs> all the time, grinding. You know, we have to. We have a grind that we got to commit to, so I'm just working. Yeah, definitely. Um, the news doesn't stop and the work doesn't stop here uh, in the sports world, correct? Never. You know, you would think one day it would or even during COVID that it would, but it's like even crazier. So, I mean, there's always something to talk about, always something to keep up with. So, yeah, definitely a busy, busy, busy just market. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So uh, for my audience that may not know uh, what you do, Carolina, or who you are, can you, do you mind just introducing yourself to them? Sure. Um, I host a sports radio show in San Antonio. It's called The Sports Time. It's from 10 to 11 a.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And I also write for sportsastoldbyagirl.com. So that is what I do. I'm just on the mic crushing it every single Sunday. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, what got you into sports? Um, what got me into sports was I'm from the South side of Chicago. So I grew up during the nineties. So I was obsessed with Michael Jordan, the entire nineties bulls era. I lived that whole era in Chicago and it was just my whole childhood. You know, the South side of Chicago is pretty grimy and gutter and there's always something crazy going on. But for us as kids, we really didn't, you know, we, our escape from all of that was just watching Michael Jordan. And then it was just kind of like seeing his, you know, the way his mentality was like, you know, you just have to put in hard work and you can get out of basically any situation that you're in. And he was just everyone's role model on the South side, every, well, all over Chicago, everyone loved him, you know, all over the world, but it was more concentrated in Chicago. And then I moved to San Antonio uh, the first year that the Spurs won their championship. So I do like to say that the luck came with me (laughs) to, you know, win championships. So then I got to see the start of their dynasty too. So I was just really lucky to be in two amazing, I've been lucky to be in two amazing cities where there's been basketball greatness. So that's kind of 
you know, the Chicago thing is what got me into sports. Um, and then as I grew older, I started developing a passion for football um, more so than basketball. So I feel like now as I'm more mature, I feel like I love football now. So I'm just a girl who likes to watch sports and cover sports as well. Did you enjoy watching some of the Bears games? Um, you know, it depends on what day of the week it was, but um, I always enjoy watching them. You know, even when I'm angry at the TV, I love watching them. I love watching football, period. But watching the Bears games, those are those are fun, but they're also very emotionally draining as well. Yeah, well, um, you can uh, take a seat next to the Cowboy fans out there. Um, you know, you guys can sit in your own seat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no we're, we're definitely in the same boat. So hop in our boat. We'll float together. Awesome. So, uh, fo- so you enjoy watching football. So wildcard weekend was, uh, this past, uh, weekend and it was. a lot of interesting things happened. You know, the Browns finally won a playoff game. Big news there. Huge upset. Mm-hmm. The Rams defeating, uh, Seattle pretty much really a shocker. And, you know, the Washington football team really gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a run for their money when it came to a very uh, a good, close game. What was your takeaway from uh, this past weekend uh, when you saw the full slate of games? What's one thing that just stuck in your head? Um, the one thing that stuck in my head the most is I was very happy for Browns fans. They've, it's been a long time since the Browns have done anything. And just for them to win a playoff game, I was really happy for them. A lot of people really saw the writing on the wall, even though the Browns were 11 and five and the Steelers were 12 and four going into that game. The Browns had better, had developed better cohesively and they have a strong running game. They have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and Baker Mayfield played an incredible game with uh, the Steelers throughout the past several games. You had seen that their defense was declining drastically. And then you see that exposure of that defense on that playoff game. So that was one of the most surprising ones to me. Um, and it was actually one of the best ones that I, I wanted to see because it was a division matchup and then the Browns pulled off the upset. So that one was really fun for me to watch. Um, the other one that I was in shock about was the Seahawks losing because the Seahawks were supposed to be one of the top seeded NFC teams and they ended up losing. So that was also the one that shocked me as well. So I, it was just a strange, interesting wildcard weekend. Of course, wildcard weekends are always interesting. So, you know, it was just a good weekend overall, except for, you know, the Bears losing. That's my team. But, you know, I already expected them to not win. So, you know, a lot of people were trying to butter me up and get on my good side and say that we were, we were going to win, the, or the Bears were going to win. But I just didn't see it happening. De- definitely. I think the thing that really surprised me the most was the Browns. I think that was a very big shock for me. Uh, you know, when Baker got drafted, I was a huge supporter of the, of him. And then, you know, seeing, I mean, to me, it felt like, you know, I saw like a sense of cockiness. I felt like he thought he was too good or better than what mm-hmm. he actually was. So yeah. the issues have seemed to get resolved. You have a competent head coach now and the running game's been working, like you said, on there. Do you see, how far do you see, do you see Baker Mayfield being the answer to the Cleveland's quarterback situation? Mm, the answer to the yes. Cleveland's quarterback situation? I mean, right now he, he's looking like he is an I don't know if he's the answer. Well, yeah, you know, right now he's looking like the answer, what we see yeah. right now, because they've gotten to the playoffs, but I don't think an NFL team is primarily yeah. consistent of a quarterback. It has to do with the coaching, their offensive schemes, how they run things, uh, um, how their offensive line is overall. And like we said, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb have a great offensive line. Animals. That, 
game was, like I said, I want to make more and more point about that game. The rivalry that they have is is great because last year we saw what happened with the helmet situation with Mason Rudolph. So, I mean, I was just really interested in that game the most. But is Baker Mayfield the answer to as their quarterback? As of right now, yes, he is. Okay, okay. So let me let me shift to this. Very interesting games uh, for this upcoming weekend, divisional round of the playoffs. Uh, we got a good couple interesting matchups here. I'm going to roll one off to start off. The Rams at Packers. So mm-hmm. the Rams upset everyone when they were able to knock off Seattle. Obviously, matchups make things interesting. I feel like, you know, the Rams were one of those teams that really matched up well with Seattle. Uh, you know, you saw in three games, they sacked uh, Russell Wilson, you know, 16 times. Obviously, they mm-hmm. had their number. Now, what's the chance of an upset against a high-powered Green Bay team who has Aaron Rodgers, who's more than likely going to win the MVP, you know, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. Aaron Rodgers has been on a roll. Do you feel like the Rams defense can shut them down and maybe pull off another upset here? No. And the reason okay. why I say no is because the uh, Green Bay Packers have a phenomenal team overall. They have a great defense. Yes. They're able to shut down off. Um, they're able to shut down in pretty much any offense, but their offense is obviously the weapon that everybody looks forward to. And there's a lot of NFL analysts that cover Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and they or a lot of defensive coordinators have been interviewed throughout uh, this season, and they basically say, you know, what is your tactic to defeat Aaron Rodgers? And basically, there is no tactic. You come up and you play the best defense that you can possibly play, but Aaron Rodgers is always going to somehow find it an answer for that defense so I think even if they come up with a defensive scheme that is some uh somewhat going to shut down the Green Bay Packers offense Aaron Rodgers is going to find an answer no matter what whether it's with his run offense or with finding uh open wide receivers he can literally look at any target and basically make it to them no matter what so I think it's going to be very very tough for the Rams to pull off the upset. I feel like the weaker out of the two is the Rams. So I don't anticipate the Rams pulling off the upset. I do agree with you in that aspect. I feel like, like, so the spread is uh, minus seven. I would still take green Bay minus seven, even though, you know, they're playing against the number one defense football. Uh, do you think that, so let's, let's, let's roll, run it back a little bit. So last season, Aaron Rodgers kind of had a down year when it came down to the regular production that he makes mm-hmm. rumors, issues, about him and the head coach maybe not getting along. They draft Jordan Love in the first round. They trade up to draft him. Do you feel like that added fuel to the fire and is a big reason why we've seen this Aaron Rodgers that we're seeing right now? Absolutely. I think that was a huge chip on his shoulder because the Green Bay Packers, the whole entire time Aaron Rodgers has been playing at the quarterback, they've been drafting defensive players every single draft and then they finally draft an offensive player last year and it's Jordan Love a quarterback so I would take that personally because truth be told Aaron Rodgers has been put in a position this entire time with his tenure as a Green Bay Packer to have a losing team he hasn't had any strong offensive weapons that are you know just standout wide receivers you know he doesn't have a Julio Jones he never had um just Antonio Browns or anything like that. I mean, he was good at connecting with Randall Cobb, but who, I mean, Randall Cobb is a good right receiver, but he's not necessarily, you know, an Odell Beckham Jr. who can catch with one hand or something who's like a superstar wide receiver. So he's been kind of dealt those cards in addition to having mediocre coaches like Mike McCarthy throughout the whole entire process. And you see what happens when an organization doesn't put the pieces together to have a successful team. Tom Brady has had the pieces 
to put together a successful team yeah. in addition to being a great quarterback and you see the outcome of that well Aaron Rodgers hasn't been granted that you know luxury so he kind of had to turn crumbs into bricks he got one Super Bowl and he's probably arguably the best quarterback in the NFL and one of the best quarterbacks of all time and he's only gotten one Super Bowl out of it so I think that it is long overdue and I think drafting Jordan Love was that chip on the shoulder that he needed to be able to play at his absolute best he didn't suffer from any injuries this year like he did last year so it was his time to shine and I have no doubts in my mind that he is are you going to be the MVP this here definitely I think that that definitely helped I mean sometimes all you need is a little bit of a push you know as crazy as it sounds you know for a guy like Aaron Rodgers for crying out loud that you know he he needs to get another guy another quarterback drafted in order to fuel him like that uh ridiculous I think that you know he's I think you're right I think he's gonna be the MVP I think it's absurd looking at some of these numbers man they're absolutely insane 48 touchdowns five interceptions 4,299 yards, 70% completion percentage right now. So he's been on fire. Let's talk about an AFC matchup, though. Ravens at the Buffalo Bills. So I think Lamar, before these playoffs started, I feel like, you know, there was a lot. The storyline was he can't win a playoff game. And Mm -hmm. I was telling people, relax, relax. It's going to happen. It's year three, Burley. You know, hasn't had – Burley has two full seasons starting. And I feel like this Baltimore Ravens team is a team that's getting really hot uh, you know, before the playoffs started, five games in a row, Lamar Jackson, 11 touchdowns, three interceptions, rushing for almost 500 yards within that span. Uh, I feel like he's gotten a little bit of a swag, a little bit of a confidence, and they were able to go in and, and beat uh, Tennessee. What do you think? Do you think that the Ravens can beat Buffalo this weekend? This is probably the toughest one for me. Yeah. So uh, not making a bold prediction is going to be my safe bet. But um, I like, I feel like both of the teams are equal. I really love Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. And like you said, I think that they've been looking a lot more cohesive in the beginning of the season. Their offensive line wasn't connecting really well. And it was just, uh, they just looked like their defense had to really make up a lot for those games. Uh, For Buffalo, I think they've been looking pretty incredible. I love their offense as well. And I think that Stefan Diggs is doing a great job. He looks much yeah. better there on that team as he, than he did with the Vikings. I think Josh, yeah. Josh Allen is a good quarterback as well. Um, Buffalo also has a pretty good defense. So I feel like they're kind of equal in a sense, in yeah. my opinion, as far as like performance wise. I would have to go with the Buffalo, though, um, simply because I feel like the dynamic between the offensive line is a lot better. And also, I do have a soft spot for that fan base for the Buffalo Bills. They're kind of like the Browns, in my opinion. Uh, So I'm just going to go ahead and give them the edge for that reason. I think uh, I think Buffalo's phenomenal. When you look at you know the head head coach uh, Sean McDermott, what has he been able to do? Uh, phenomenal job. Obviously, Josh Allen has taken some big strides because mm-hmm. when he started in the NFL, Josh Allen looked you know sloppy. He looked choppy, and I think out of out of all the five quarterbacks that were going out that year, I don't know if you remember that, but a lot of people are saying that Josh Allen had the biggest uh, chance to bust. And, yeah, and I, I remember I was, that. I was one of those, and now you know he's he's evolved, and it's magnificent to see you know the progression that he's made in his career mm-hmm. i'm gonna disagree with you there though I th- i'm gonna take baltimore to win this game though i think that you know the ravens have the number one uh rushing attack i feel like when you when you talk about buffalo and you, you set it out perfectly him and Diggs, perfect combination deadly mm-hmm. uh definitely don't want to be playing them in a one possession game with them having the last crack at scoring on you 
Um, I think that Baltimore controlling uh, the clock by running the football is the key to win this game, though. So I, I like Lamar. I like what he's being able to do. I like the work ethic that both of these young men have. Uh, it's going to be a phenomenal matchup. I'm still uh, – I want to give the edge slightly to Baltimore just because they've been there before. Uh, Lamar mm-hmm. maybe has good. That's a good point. Yeah, that's but, a good point. But you know, you when you talk about head coaches and the experience, Harbaugh has the experience. He's been there, done it already. He's beaten mm-hmm. the Pats, you know, at, at their stadium. He's a guy that's not scared, and his teams aren't scared. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup going into the AFC. Let's go ahead and knock off. Well, the hold, other hold on. Okay. Let me let me just say I'm really excited yeah. to see what happens now because we picked two different things. Like yeah. I just want to know what's going to happen because you know that was a really good point. So. Yeah. Now I'm going to be keeping an eye out on that one. For sure. I want to see who's going to end up winning. And the spread is actually a Buffalo minus two and a half. Uh, I, you know, I, I take the plus plus two and a half for Baltimore. It's very interesting. So another reason why I also wanted to point, it, point this out, though, is because we've been, we're both football fans. Uh, things get interesting when a team catches fire late in the season. And I think this year right now, Baltimore is that team. You know, like I told you, in, those, in that five-game winning streak, Lamar's really improved, and he's playing with a lot of confidence and, you know, not saying that Buffalo, Buffalo's hot, you know, seven in a row, uh, you know, they, it, the winning streak would have been longer if it wasn't for some insane Hail Mary. Yeah, but that don't mean nothing. You yeah. know what I mean? That don't yeah. mean nothing because, you know, Steelers were 11 and oh, and look what happened. They were one and done. So, yeah, but when you look at the quality of wins that Pittsburgh had, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, no disrespect to, you know, to a lot of these <laughs> franchises, but it's the Denver's of the world and it's, you know, the NFC East and, you know, they almost lost to the Cowboys, a four string quarterback. I mean, Pittsburgh wasn't really I don't know they, they look choppy at the very end you know they're reminding me of the Patriots last year when you know when New England got off to like that insane winning streak and then Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson ended it and then they stumbled into the playoffs and lost in the first round you know so it, they, that's what this team reminded me of and I think uh you know no disrespect I don't think Big Ben's I think they should move off Big Ben you know I think so uh oh yeah, think, yeah yeah I agree he's a, he's an aging quarterback so I, I definitely think it's time to move off him like that so very interesting. Again, both of these teams are hot. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, both taken in that first round of 2018 NFL draft. Uh, obviously, Josh Allen went a lot higher than him. So it's going to be very interesting to watch. Any other key to the game that you think, any, something that you're looking forward to when it comes to this matchup now? No, it's not ex- It's not really one of the ones I'm looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> what, no, what, what I just, about- well, if it's going to be c- close, that's all I can say. It's going to be close, and I'm excited to see who comes out on top. But other than that, I'm not really looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. So we'll shift, shift into the next one, Browns at Chiefs. I'm not really looking forward to this one as mm-hmm. much. I'm not very that excited. I think it's going to be a blowout, to be honest. <laughs> what do you have to say about that? And I'm just I being honest. Know. Really I mean, they honest. played really, they played really well, but they played really well against the Steelers. So, I mean, but I think the Browns, I mean, the Browns have been looking pretty good. I don't know if it's going to be necessarily a blowout, but I do okay. think the Chiefs are going to absolutely win. And for the reason that you had just mentioned before with the Ravens, Andy Reid, he has a phenomenal coaching tree. He's that experience. He's already yeah. won a Super Bowl. They're coming off the Super Bowl last year. They're on this high of winning the Super Bowl and they're trying to get there again. They don't look any different, really, technically, than they did last year. They're still an incredible team. I think the Chiefs are going to take that for sure. Now, so Kansas City was in a couple scares. They had a close game with Atlanta a few mm-hmm. weeks back. And their yeah. offense has been a little bit slow to start. They've been in some closer ones. And again, what you would mm-hmm. like, that defense gave up a good amount of points in the second half to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers once they took a huge lead. Is there any kind of concern that you have for Kansas City to repeat? Like, is there, 
is there are you concerned with some of the performances that you've seen though um yeah it shows that they're a little bit inconsistent when it comes to being able to get the edge or blow people out but i think when i watch the, the kansas city chiefs i think people are always expecting a blowout because it's patrick mahomes and you've yeah, seen him right. play incredible games where they're blowouts so when he wins these games and they're not blowouts then everything gets questioned but they still pull off with a win so i don't really see anything that's going to be trouble coming into this game i still think that they're going to end up winning i think they're going to come out at the top of the afc yeah, de definitely, definitely. And the final matchup, it's the last what, last game of the weekend. It'll be the Bucks mm -hmm. against the Saints. Now, this is interesting, but at the same time, it's not so interesting. When you look at the matchups, the two previous matchups that came by week one, you know what? People want to bash Tom Brady because he came out and looked a little bit choppy. No OTAs, no preseason. Uh, you know, there's a difference between practicing and game time reps. So, I gave him a pass there. And, you know, I'm a huge Tom Brady fan, a New England pa Patriots fan. I've told that to the audience before. Uh, so, you know, I kind of gave him a pass. But my goodness, the second game Sunday night, 38-3, to it was, it was crushing. It was a, a blowout. So, I don't know, Carolina. Like, is there – do you think the Bucs can win this game? Yes, I do. I okay. think they can win. I think – that this might be the one that might pull off the upset. Okay. If there is an upset, I think this would be the one. And the reason why okay. is because the way that the Saints performed the last game against the Bears, okay. they the Bears are just not a good – I mean, they're just – their defense has declined. Their okay. offense has also – or their offense has never found an identity. And even with that being said, the – Saints had 21 points and the Bears had 14 points I believe oh, wait, was it 10 points they missed the only reason why they didn't get a touchdown and get up to 17 points and was four points down was because Wims who's a sorry ass receiver didn't catch that pass but it was a dime and they totally blew coverage if he would have caught that pass they would have only won by four points against a team with a declining defense and an offense with no identity and yeah. a coach who doesn't know what he's doing so mm -hmm. if since they kind of in my head when I look at all the errors that the Saints made in that game if they don't fix those errors that they made the last game against the Bears, they have the potential to lose this game. Because even though Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas and Drew Brees are, are back, there was a lot of holes in that game that I didn't like. The Chicago Bears defense was able to hold them off for the most part. And the also the um, – I don't know. I just felt like their defense really didn't do that much of a great job against their offense. And the offense yeah. isn't really that great. So when I compare that to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, I feel like Tom Brady, first of all, is a far more superior quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky. I think their offensive Agreed. line is far more superior than the Chicago Bears offense. And I think that they have a better defense overall. So I feel like they're the superior of the team when it comes to the Bears. And from the Bears and the Buccaneers, I feel like they're the superior team, even though they lost to the Bears earlier this season. But Tom Brady also has a winning mentality and a winning attitude as well. So if they don't fix those errors that they made last week, the Saints, they, I don't see them winning that game just based off how they played last week. Yeah, we're definitely going to agree on that. Um, you know, I think it, in the NFL, it's really hard to beat a team three times in one season. We've only seen mm -hmm. it be, uh, be done, you know, a couple of times. Uh, mm -hmm. Tom Brady uh, knows, and no disrespect to Drew, you know, he has that one Super Bowl. He knows 
when it's go time in these playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. the Saints coming off, you know, three years in a row, heartbreaking losses. I feel like mm-hmm. I think this is Tampa's game to lose, to be honest with you. And I think a lot of people are going to think I'm crazy. But for the reasons that you just said, I agree with you. The Saints offense looked a little bit sloppy. Drew Brees may be a little bit choppy. I feel like obviously they're going to be motivated because this may be Drew's last season. But I don't think – I think Tom is really determined and hell-bent on being able to win or at least get to a Super Bowl without Belichick. That's what it's been or, all about, proving that he can win it like that. So, that or at least get to the AFC championship game. For, for sure. And I think he's on a mission. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of – I think it's more advantage to an NFL team to be able to play a team after losing to them than winning mm-hmm. against them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's going to be very interesting. I, I like Tampa in this game as well. Okay. Is yeah. there, oh, is there any Who has the edge? Do the Saints have the edge? Uh, so the spread is actually uh, minus three. Minus three Saints just because of the fact that they give you three points when you're at home. Saints are at home in that one. Right, right, exactly. And that don't make a difference because there's no fans in the Superdome. That's also an edge that the Buccaneers have as well. De- definitely. And I feel like, again, you know, Tom's a guy that's going to go through the tape, go through the footage and be able to correct his mistakes. Uh, mm-hmm. One last thing before, before we sign off today, um, I want you to take your Bears head off and put a Dallas Cowboys hat on for a brief okay. second to me. Yeah, I'll and, put on, I, I don't know, but I'll put it, I'll hold it. Yeah, I'll hold well, it. Hold it, let's hold it. <laughs> I'll hold the hat, yeah. <laughs> should the Dallas Cowboys pay Dak Prescott? Absolutely. Okay. He should have been paid. He should have been paid. He should have okay. been paid a long time ago. The money that Dak wants. Uh, the money that Dak? Million. 38 million. Let's just say 38. <sighs> if they tag him again, it's going to be 38 million, million regardless this year. Yeah, I think that, first of all, I just don't like how they are treating him. Okay. So I think he should have got that a while back. Um, I feel like they paid Ezekiel Elliott a little bit too soon. I don't think you should pay the running back you. first. A lot. So yes. with the fact that they went with that decision with paying Zeke before paying Dak, they paid Zeke, then they paid Amari Cooper. Can't remember who else they paid, um, but um, they paid, it seems like they paid off everybody except for the quarterback who any team would love to have Dak Prescott as their quarterback. So a if you've got teams, yes. A lot of teams. I mean, he's just the complete package on and off the field. So he definitely deserves the money. I think they should have paid him a long time ago, and it's a disservice that he hasn't been paid. And then he had his ankle injury, so they're probably going to use that against him. But, I mean, it sucks. But I think that he deserves the money. And I also think that the Cowboys would have performed a whole lot better this season had they had Dak behind the football. So, yeah. Yeah, they they definitely they definitely could have uh, won that division easily once you you know see what Carson Wentz's decline. Was. And when and when you see like uh, you know how Andy Dalton played. Yeah, especially in the last in game. <sighs> the Cowboys have a lot of errors that yeah. they need to fix, but Dak is not one of them. Dak is not one of them. Dak needs to be paid. Yeah, definitely. I think the I think the only issue is the number. Not really. If they mm-hmm. should, they sh- they should they should have paid him. Obviously, you know Jer- Jerry and his has his ways with his contracts. I feel like the Zeke trade was definitely a huge mistake. I would have just traded him for picks, and now you could have gotten a haul. I'm not gonna say a haul, but something good for Zeke has now been tarnished in the sense because he they seem to have a Zeke problem now, or they, his performances seem to decline. Even granted, yes, the offensive line struggled, but ever since Dak was out of that lineup, Zeke started dipping. Well. He's been. I don't think they have really necessarily a Zeke problem, except for the mm-hmm. game where he for, had all those fumbles. I can't yeah. remember what game that was. I was like, oh my god, it was like three, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
uh, I think they have a Mike McCarthy problem because Mike McCarthy never utilized the running game when he was with Green Bay. And then he came over here and his stats have declined drastically. They've gone on a steady decline, but they were especially steep this season because they don't, Mike McCarthy is not going to utilize the running game like he is supposed to. And he also said that he would. So he's a, he's, he's a liar. He didn't tell the truth. So yeah, I think uh, yeah. it's not, and that's not necessarily that Zeke sucks. I yeah. think that Zeke uh, just isn't running, having any running offensive schemes for him to be able to be successful because his coach is not putting him in that position. Not that that's not taken away from his errors that he's made this season, but with all that mess out of the way, you don't pay running backs like that. You pay the quarterback first. So I think, Dak should have got his money. Now you said the numbers. That's not our problem. You know what I'm saying? That's Jerry Jones's problem. You should yeah. have never paid uh, Ezekiel Elliott first. Yeah. Now you're in a. You're, now you're in your own pickle, where you got to pay this man the money he wants, or he might leave. So. Yeah. De- definitely agree. You know the, the I think the the funniest part. And I'll say this before we sign off. Uh, a lot of people complain about Jason Garrett and the coaching. The coaching has seemed to have gotten, if not just be the same, it seems to have gotten worse. Uh, with questionable calls, so I mean, I'll I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, it's it's insane. So I, I we have the we have the same opinion about Mike McCarthy. That's a good thing. Uh, well, Carolina. they had to they had to uh, they basically you know media wrapped uh, Mike McCarthy in a bow and said he was better than Jason Garrett. But I saw, Just, called it yeah. from the beginning that move was very conservative. Yeah. So you went from one conservative coach to the next. And it, I find it very ironic that Jason Garrett managed to keep the Cowboys out of the playoffs once again. Yeah, the, uh, the, the they, memes were definitely the John- out that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Carolina, thank you for joining me on the show today. Uh, is there anything you want to let my audience know uh, about, about you before we sign off? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter and you can follow me on Instagram at Carolina Teak underscore my, sport, my show, The Sports Time, is on from... 10 to 11 a.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and I will see you guys Sunday. Awesome, and I'll have all that linked in the description below of this video. As far as uh, for you, the audience, thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you, Carolina, for joining me on the show today. I'll catch you later, guys. Goodbye.